Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. My name is Sonny, and I am here with Caleb. As I always am. And we have a special guest today. She is well-known from her Twitter account, well-known from her Discord server, where she is, uh, quite honestly, possibly the funniest person on Twitter outside of King Scarlet YGO. Uh, That is not meant to be offensive, but uh, he's really funny. So thank you so much for joining us, Shiggies. How are you doing today? I'm doing absolutely wonderfully. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, I am also a fan of King Scarlet Yu-Gi-Oh! So no offense here. He is hilarious. <laughs> um, so we've talked a couple of times about having you on, and it's been like, really up until this point, it's been a scheduling thing. We've, we're both like very busy. Oh, for but, sure. Um, well, it's, it really is wonderful to have you on, like finally uh, get the scheduling worked out. Um. We do have a few things that we want to go through, but before we get too much further, uh, we do want to take a moment to shout out our Patreons. So thank you so much to Ace Micah, Austin Johnson, Myth Oceanus, Pig, Scuzz Daddy, Aaron. Gardner, Ideal, Saeed, Powell. Thank you all. Literally keeps the. podcast going so thank you so much for more reviews it helps us tremendously thank you to everyone that has left a rating or a review and you know don't be afraid to hop on over there and drop one on drop one in so um <clears throat> past that i think that we probably uh should let everybody know to join our discord uh this is the last call for people to join our discord to participate in the tournament that tournament will be this weekend It'll be Saturday, October 16th. We kick off at noon Central Standard Time. It's looking, as of right now, like it'll be fairly small. It'll probably just be on Saturday. 
So if the issue is you didn't want to commit to a multi-day tournament, that's fine. It'll just probably just be a one-day event. It'll uh, and prizing will be an ultimate rare first first edition Karma Cut, a little bit light play for uh, first place. It is free entry, remote duel. Just hop in and have a good time. So, um, yep. Just be sure you send me your deck list so I can check it over. Just make sure everything's kosher. Right. Right. Um, we also ask that you follow us on Twitter as well as our guest Shiggy's. What, uh, what what's your at on Twitter? It's Crystal Abundance, but it's spelled in a way that's extremely chaotic and not easy to spell. <laughs> so it's like C R Y S T L A B N D C E. I took out like most of the vowels for no reason. <laughs> Fine, vowels are overrated anyway. Why say long word when short word do good? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We are going to leave a link in the description below for people that would like to find Shiggy's Twitter page and give her a quick follow. So the next thing I'll say is, um, again, thank you so much for being here. It really means the world to us that people are willing to come on, chat with us, and, uh, you know, and you know, enjoy the conversation. Oh, yeah. And also just kind of deal with, our, what if, with whatever shenanigans we come up with. <laughs> I enjoy shenanigans. Thank you so much for having me. I'm extremely grateful. And I'm always happy to talk about Yu-Gi-Oh! The Trading Card Game or the hit anime series. Yeah, I think we will be doing a little bit of talking about that later. Um, So where can people find you besides your Twitter? Just so, you know, I want to make sure that people have every opportunity to, uh, you know, find you wherever you are. Yeah, for sure. So um, I spend a lot of time on twitter.com at crystal abundance and um you can follow me or not i make like dumb jokes that are dumb but you know i think they're funny so whatever <laughs> but i do a lot of other things too um i stream on twitch i'm like the worst Yu-Gi-Oh player on twitch but i have a lot of fun and um it's kind of what it's all about right just having a good time and joking around with chat um i also do youtube sometimes <laughs> sometimes very rarely and i open boxes because I want to buy Yu-Gi-Oh cards and justify it. Um, sure. Also, Discord, Instagram, um, all of it is uh, at Crystal Abundance, same way it's spelled on Twitter.com. And um, yeah, you can follow me or not. Like, it's cool, whatever. I'm just here to vibe. I don't really, I don't know, just do whatever I want. So. Gotcha. Do you have a link tree? I do. I actually have a card. It's the same thing. So um, yeah, if you want to like post that in the description, okay. I can you and uh easy links all in the same place okay yeah excellent that's what we'll do then is we'll uh you will use that that way people can get everything in one place yeah, uh, <clears throat> yeah. i personally recommend the discord server um it is I, I i've mentioned this to her uh separately the your discord server is the only discord server that is not like foldered away somewhere besides our personal server basically I it, I truly enjoy it. It's a great atmosphere and a great environment. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. It's actually out of all of the things that I've done in Yu-Gi-Oh! It's one of the things I'm most proud of. Um, I feel like we're one big dumb family and we just are chaotic and we just have a really good time. So if people are interested in joining, you're, everybody is welcome. Um, and we like do community events sometimes. We'll watch like Yu-Gi-Oh! Vrains, which is my favorite series. Sometimes we'll do like really chaotic tournaments. Um, and it's just, you know, there's always someone down to duel. There's always someone down to talk about whatever you want to talk about. So yeah, everyone's welcome. We'd love to see some new faces. 
That is wonderful. So everybody, please be join, be sure to join the Discord server, both ours and Shiggy servers. Like I said, just spectacular environment. I really cannot recommend it enough. Uh, and it is like four times the size of our server, so there's always somebody to talk to. So, um, I do want to go ahead and hop into a little bit of quick play news before we get too much further into the main segment, which is we have a million cards to talk about. Oh, yeah. So, um, the first thing I want to <clears throat> just quickly touch on and mention is um, we do have a bunch of new merchandise that got announced. It's a lot of 25th anniversary merch. Um, it's all listed on, it's the Kaiba Corporation store is what it says. I don't actually know exactly where to find this. If you go to the YG organization page for it, there's a link to all of them. I know they have some really, really cool boxer briefs that I really mm-hmm. want a couple of pairs of. Oh, that pot agreed though. Right. I think you get like, is it, is it like 385, 3850 yen? Is that like 385? Oh no, that's more like 38. $40. Oh, that's for the t-shirt. $30 yeah. for one pair of underwear? Honestly, it might be worth it. it. Yeah. Like I'm about to say, man, I'm pretty sure it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you can figure out a way to get to order things from a Japanese website, then here it all is. So, um, I think that, uh, Chiggies, you mentioned that there is a way that they can go through like buy e or something. Yeah. So, um, I am a collector. So I buy a lot of my Yu Gi Oh merch off of either Ami Ami, which is a proxy website. So you buy it off of AmiAmi.com, A M I A M I. And they'll have, they don't always have everything, but this is something that they might have. And you just buy it and the um, company will buy it for you and then they'll ship it to their warehouse and then they'll ship it to you. Or you can go on Baiyi and Baiyi has like several different websites already populated. Um, so they'll have like Japan Mercury, uh, Japan, like Yahoo auctions, all sorts of right. stuff. like. That. And you can like search whatever you want to search and just buy it like through them and they'll ship it to their warehouse and then ship it to you. It can be a little expensive depending on what you buy. But like if you buy in bulk, like if you buy a bunch of stuff and then ship it all over at once, it's it's fantastic. I bought like my dual disc. I bought a lot of my like posters, a lot of my Vrains merch through those services. So it's definitely worth it. Oh, yeah, it sounds awesome. I, especially if you go in here and you can get like... Like, they've got, like, six different underwear designs. They've got, like, six different t-shirt designs, different hoodie designs. I mean, you could get, like, you know, two or three of each or whatever. Spend, I mean, it, it could cost you some money. It could cost you a couple hundred bucks, but, I mean. It, oh, man, I just felt my wallet get so much lighter. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Oh, no, my money. So, we'll try to leave a link to one of those websites that you might be able to buy this stuff through. Um in the description if we can find it um but yeah there's a lot of cool stuff like i said lots of cool clothing items they have some necklaces phone cases little mini towels face towels bath towels card holders key bat cap badge collection i don't even know what some of this stuff is a kyber corporation leather tray stickers cushions posters blankets tapestries like literally just like everything you can figure out they have it so and it's all in celebration of Yu-Gi-Oh's 25th anniversary um yeah the next piece of quick play news we have some more limited edition goodies um a big pot of greed tanker uh, which i really want <laughs> yeah um we have a millennium item collection some other premium stuff some pins some coin collections just some cool stuff um and the last piece of quick play news, we got an announce 
announcement of the History Archive Collection for the OCG. It's a reprint pack with some new cards. Think Ghosts from the Past for us. It's mostly reprints with a few new cards. Um, uh, but the theme is to remind players of iconic and impactful scenes from throughout the Yu-Gi-Oh! franchise. Right. Um, so it'll be reprints from stuff from various super famous scenes, I guess. Then also so have some new cards to help reimagine the, those famous scenes from throughout the Yu-Gi-Oh! franchise. Right. <clears throat> so it'll be packs of four cards. If I had to imagine, it'll probably be some DM era pandering, as well as maybe some stuff from the other series throughout the history of Yu-Gi-Oh! And it'll have like some little, um, it'll have probably some different rarities of reprint cards, things like that. Yeah. So. I think that's it for quick play news. Do y'all want to go ahead and lean on into all the new card releases? Oh, yeah. Yes, definitely. All right. So first one we're going to talk about is the Epsilon, the Magnet Warrior and Xyz combined. Or actually, I don't think it's Xyz combined. I think it's XYZ combined. It is XYZ. Because the artwork on the card is X head cannon, Y dragon head and Z tank. Yeah, it's it's not Xyz. It's VWXYZ, dragon catapult cannon stuff. Right. So the first card is a level four rock earth effect monster, Magnet Warrior Epsilon, um, 1300 attack, 1500 defense. You can only use cards. This card names effect once per turn. This card is normal or special. summon. you can send one level four lower Magnet Warrior monster from deck to grave. It's except Epsilon. This card's name becomes the same as the sent monster's name until the end phase. And you can special one Magnet Warrior or Magna Warrior monster that does not share a name with any card you control from the graveyard. Um... It's interesting. It's a really good starter for the Magnet Warrior deck. The only issue is that the Magnet Warrior deck is really bad. So I just, I think I think that it's just way too slow. Yeah, I mean they they got some cool support cards in King's Court and all, but like it's still just. I mean, if you can stick a Berserky on, that's great. I don't even know what that is. Oh, um, okay. So you have the Magnetic Warriors, then then later they came out with the Electromagnetic Warriors, which are just like powered up versions of the regular Magnetic Warriors. Right. Their Alpha Beta and Gamma can also do the same thing. Where Alpha Beta, the old one, could become Valkyrion, they become Berserkion, if I'm remembering correctly. Right. And then him and then uh, Valkyrion and Berserkion can fuse. Mm-hmm. Um, into some card with some fusion card with an incredibly long name that's like the Super Battle Robo or something. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, like if you can actually get the, like if you can actually get Berserkion or the Fusion out and stick them, woo, it's it's a good card. But you got to get them to actually like you know stick is the problem, right? Uh, Caleb, you're up next. Oh uh, yeah, let's see. We next we got a continuous Expl- spell X Y Z combine. You can only use this card's names, one and two effects, once per turn each. One, if a Light Machine Union Monster card is in your hand, is ban it. it yeah, if in your possession is banished, you can special summon a X-Head Cannon, Y-Dragon Head, or Z-Metal Tank from your deck. You can, <laughs> two, you can return a Fusion Monster you control the extra deck, special summon up to two monsters with different names from your from among your banished X-Head Cannon, Y-Dragon Head, or, and or Z-Metal Tank. Why does this feel like a Speed Duel card? It really does. Yeah. Have you ever played speed duels? I have not. Um, I've only done like master duels and like a little bit of duel links, but like not enough to say that I play duel links. So that's fair. I tried it one time and didn't like it. So it just made me want to play the real game. Yeah. I feel that. 
Um, I think that I think it, the reason I mention it is because I think like in Speed Duel there isn't a X Y Z playable X Y Z deck. So to see this card just like makes me feel like this should be in Speed Duels, you know. So yeah. All right. Uh, let's go on to the next card, which is a Fluanderese card. Shiggy, do you want to go ahead and read this one for us? Yeah, let me bring it up. Sure. All right. So we've got new uh, Fluanderese. And um, this looks like it is Fluanderese and the Journey of Preparations. And it is a quick play spell card. You can only activate one card with this card's name per turn. One ban. Uh, one. Banish one winged beast monster from your hand or face up uh, on the field. Add one Fluanderese monster or field spell from your deck to your hand and then gain 500 life points. Wow. That's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> That's insane, especially considering banishing the Fluanderese starts their, it, it, like, it procs their effects. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, like, so, like, even if you, like, normal summon Rabina activate its effect to attempt to search the normal summon and they veil it or ash it you can just go okay chain this chain this and it and it uh dodges the ash i think yeah it would because the target's yeah. no longer in the field and the ash targets yeah and then so it dodge well the, actually, i don't know it would I def- have to read ash yeah it would definitely dodge the imperm it would dodge imperm or veiler for sure yeah, yeah dodge them so then you get that, that effect off plus then you also get to add another one from your hand and then gave 500 life points which can matter in time. And then if you resolve that effect, then you can turn around and you can on resolute you so you okay. Activate your effect, imperm, chain this, right? This banishes and searches one or the field spell. Their card resolves without effect. Then you resolve your normal summon. Then new chain, the banished normal summon, you get another effect off of that. Usually it's just to bring it back. Or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's insane. It's literally insane. Yeah, that's... They're really trying to make full, uh, f- Flow Wonderies happen. They're really trying. <laughs> uh, they're really succeeding with this. This is good. Yeah. Um. Next cards. Uh, some new DDD cards. Actually, like a lot of new DDD cards. Oh, boy. Well, actually, it's uh, DD support in general. Not yeah, just uh, DDD. Yeah, okay, yeah. But, like, it's... Okay. It's it's primarily for DDD. Yeah. Okay. Um. First card. Oh, why is there so? Oh, I hate pendulums so much. Yeah, man. DD is DD and DDD are um. Man, it sounds like I'm talking about that penguin from Kirby. I don't even know what you're talking about right now. King Day today. Oh yeah 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 yeah. The, the yeah the penguin with the hand with the big belly and yeah, the hammer. Yeah. Love them. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Dude, but okay. The issue is though, when you read all of these cards out on a podcast, bro, there's so much text. Yeah. Right. First one is DD Griffin, a level four fiend pendulum effect monster. Twelve hundred attack, twelve hundred defense. Pendulum scale of one. Pendulum effect. You can only use the pendulum effect of this card's name once per turn. One, you can target one fiend monster you control. It gains five hundred attack for each dark contract. Spell or trap with different names you control and or in your graveyard until the end of this turn. Then destroy this card. Monster effect. You can only use the first, second, and third effects of this card's name once each per turn. 1. If you control a DD monster, you can special summon this card from your hand in defense position. 2. If this card is pendulum summoned, you can discard one DD or dark contract card 
draw one card. Three, if this card is special summoned from the graveyard, you can add one DD card from your deck to your hand except DD Griffin. Wow, I think that's really good, right? It seems like it would be really good. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Shiggies, do you know anything about the DD archetype? I know absolutely nothing about it. <laughs> so tragic. We don't either. Perfect. Yeah. No oh one knows what it, if any of this is any good. Perfect. Seems good. Uh, next up, we have DDD Amnesty King Doom Machina. The only thing I'll say that I know about DDD is that it's, from what I understand, I, I don't know if this is true, it is absolutely, like, insanely difficult to pilot. Because everything searches in, in the same, like, it's like in the same vein as Fluffle. Um, you have so many different branching options at every decision point that it's, it's like, really, really difficult to take the right paths because like like look at i mean just look at this card uh if you control one you can special summon and if it's special summon okay so if it's pendulum summoned you can discard one draw one okay well is it always a better option to discard one draw one we don't know and then if it's special one from the grave you can add one from deck to your hand a dd card do you know how many cards are dd cards like 30 the whole deck like jesus yeah i mean it's something that has this much versatility causes more decision trees and then a deck that's already this complicated to pilot it just makes it even more complicated so okay that, I'm, I'll, I'm done talking you can talk about the doom king guy yeah so ddd amnesty king doom machina it's a rank 10 dark fiend exceed a pendulum monster 3000 attack and defense pendulum scale of 10 pendulum yeah, how do you get him in the scale i don't know Okay. Continue. I don't know how any of the extra deck fu- I don't know how any of the extra deck pendulum monsters work. The pendulum fusion, the pendulum synchro. I don't know how they work. Um, the only thing I know is that you can um, summon them the original way correctly. Like you can exceed mm-hmm. some of them, and then once they leave the field, they go to the extra deck face up instead of the graveyard, and then you can pendulum summon them later. Yeah. But then how do you get? Like, why even give them pendulum scales? There's got to be because they have to have them. Continue. Yes. Um, you can only use this card's name's pendulum's effect once per turn. If you have a card in your other pendulum zone, you can target a pendulum monster you control or in your graveyard. Special summon the, the card in your other pendulum zone and then place the target in that pendulum zone. So that would actually let you cheat out stuff like Messiah real easy. In theory, if you could get this card in your pendulum zone. Yeah, exactly. Um, you can only control one DDD, MST King, Doom Machina in the monster zone. Once per chain, when your opponent activates a monster card's effect on the field, detach to or destroy one dark contract card you control. And if you do, attach that opponent's card to this card as material. Uh, three, once per turn during your standby phase, you can place this card in your pendulum zone. So that's how you can get it in your pendulum zone. It just does it as, a, as an effect. Oh, well, there you go. But then it can also just kind of either detach one or pop a dark contract and just steal one of your opponent's monsters. Okay, that's a lot to go. That's a lot to that's a lot to take in. Okay. Shiggies, you're up. All right. This one's less of a novel. So we true. Uh patented dark contract documents. It's a field spell card. You can only use the second effect of this card's name once per turn. If your opponent special summons a monster of the same type, uh, Fusion, Synchro, Exceed, or Link, as a DDD monster you control, you can inflict 1,000 damage to them. Also, they cannot special summon monsters of the same type as those summoned monsters for the rest of the turn while this card is face-up on the field. If this card is into the graveyard, you can add one DD, one DD monster from your graveyard or face-up extra deck to your hand. Yeah, that's kind of gross, right? 
I feel like that's pretty good, right? Like that's kind of a lock because they can't special summon the same type that you control. And yeah, then and I, I think DDDs use like every type too. Yeah. <laughs> you broke up for a second when you said? Oh, me? Oh, sorry. Um, I think they do. They have one of like all the types. That's kind of insane. And coming out of a field spell card, which is just kind of like always on the field, that's... Yo, this seems broken. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Crazy. All right. Uh, I guess I'm up. Yep. Next one is a normal trap card called DDD Headhunt. You can only activate one card with this card's name per turn. One, if you control a DDD monster. Target one face-up monster your opponent controls. Take control of it until the end phase of the next turn. But its effects are negated. It cannot declare an attack. Also, if it was special for the extra deck, it is treated as a DDD monster. Wow. Again, that seems pretty good. I don't know. The deck, I don't know. The cards seem good. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but but wasn't the guy in the anime who ran this deck, wasn't he like um, Arc V's version of Kaiba? That is 100% a Shiggy's question. I actually haven't watched a lot of Arc 5, but he was like the rival character, the Kaiba, and he's very like reminiscent of Kaiba. He has a very Kaiba attitude, from what I know. I mean, I haven't yeah. watched... And he's also the CEO of a company. I remember that much. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of hilarious. Wow. And all these cards are reminiscent of like businesses and CEOs and stuff like that, which is kind of funny. Yeah. And that they're evil. Yes. (laughs) That too. I find that I actually find that kind of funny. Uh, Let's see. Next up, we got some blue eyes support. Oh, boy. Ooh. Uh, So I will go first. We have blue eyes jet dragon. You remember? In the anime, where Kaiba had his own private jet, and it was just Blue Eyes as a jet. I'll just say that, like, everything that we mentioned that's anime-related is going to be a Shiki's comment, because I I have not watched any of the anime. Wait, so, like, literally this card is his jet. That's kind of, like, the most iconic thing I've ever seen in my life. Blue Eyes Jet Dragon. Level 8, Light Dragon, 3,000 attack, 0 defense. You can only use the first and third effect of this card's name each once per turn. You must have Blue Eyes White Dragon on your field or in your graveyard to activate these effects. One, if a card, parentheses S, is on the field and is destroyed by battle or card effect, special summon this card from your graveyard if it was there when they were destroyed or hand, even if not. Two, other cards you control cannot be destroyed by your opponent's card effects. Three, at the start of the damage step, if this card battles, you can target one card your opponent controls and return it to the hand. Huh. I just think it's funny how they made his jet into it into a card because <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> That's really funny. Yep, it's definitely clever. Yeah, it's it's definitely something. Um, next is all you shiggies. All right. So next up we have Lord of Dragon. So the Tyrant of D, level four dark spellcaster effect monster. Um, You can only use the first and second effect of this card's name each once per turn. You can send one blue eyes white dragon from your hand or deck to the graveyard. Special summon this card from your hand. You can discard one blue eyes white dragon or one card that specifically lists it in its text. Then target one blue eyes monster in your graveyard. Special summon it. If you control a blue eyes monster, you can choose the attack targets for your opponent's attacks. Oh, so it's literally just magician souls, but for blue eyes. Pretty much. Wow, that's actually like really, really good. And I and I love how they made it uh, a retrain of Lord of D. 
Yeah, that's fun. I like that. Yeah. Um, is this like? Wait, is the blue eyes deck like playable again now? Um, that entirely depends on whether or not you can activate Flute of Summoning Dragon or Melody of Awakening Dragon with him. I don't know. We're not done reading cards. Let's find out. Yep. Uh, next card is Blue Eyes Tyrant Dragon, a level eight light dragon fusion effect monster with thirty four hundred attack and twenty nine hundred defense. Materials is Blue Eyes White Dragon and one dragon monster. Huh. That's interesting. Super poly target. Uh, either super poly target or I mean, you could super poly with Dragoon. No, he's a spellcaster. Yeah, he's a, yeah, he's a okay, spellcaster. Dang it, I got a little excited. Uh, must first be either fusion summoned or special summoned from your extra deck by tributing one Blue Eyes White Dragon equipped with a fusion monster. That seems kind of specific. I guess probably easier just to fusion summon him. Uh, one, unaffected by trap cards or trap effects. Two, this card can attack all monsters your opponent controls once each. Three, once per turn of this card battles, at the end of the damage step, you can target one trap in your graveyard, set it to your spell and trap zone. So I imagine that the synergy that they're looking for here is to synergize this card with the um, the blue eyes trap card that we got in this year's Mega Tens, yeah. which basically is I think it's called Tablet of Light or something like or that. Or like to the True Light or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I got like two of them. It's called True Light actually. Um, so basically, it is the same as Dark Magician's Eternal Soul. And it basically it's a continuous trap card that if you have a blue eyes in your hand or graveyard, uh, I think like once per turn, you can just special summon it just for free. But okay. the issue is that when the card leaves the field, it nukes your field. But if this guy owns on your field, he's unaffected by trap effects. So he would stay. Yeah. Um, also, this guy. Also, I think I think this guy was actually already in the anime. He looks familiar. Uh, it's definitely possible. I mean, mm. they're very clearly doing some like hardcore oh, yeah. anime. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. Support. Uh, next card: Quick Play Spell Card Ultimate Fusion. All right, I mean, it sounds good. Um, the artwork is polymerization, but replace it with three blue eyes swirling around. It's really cool looking. That, that yeah, that's pretty cool. You can only activate one card with this card's name per turn during the main phase. Fusion summon one fusion monster that lists blue eyes white dragon or blue eyes ultimate dragon as material by shuffling fusion monsters listed on it from your hand field or graveyard into the deck, including those listed, including those listed blue eyes white dragons and or blue eyes ultimate dragons. Then you can destroy face up cards your opponent controls up to the number of blue eyes white dragon and blue eyes ultimate dragons used as material from the field. That is a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, okay, so when I first read Ultimate Fusion, I saw it said Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon, and I was like, wait, what fusion monster has Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon as material? Dragon Master Knight. Dragon Master Knight. <laughs> wow, I actually, I have not read any of these cards. I just knew that. Yeah. Um, pretty good, uh, particularly the popping, based on, the non-targeting popping at, at that, um, based on field material. Right, right. Seems good. Um, next is all you, Shiggies. All right, so we've got Apparition with Eyes of Blue. You can only activate one card with this card's name per turn. When you activate this card, you can also reveal one Blue Eyes White Dragon in your hand. If you did, special summon one monster from your hand. Once per turn, you can target one face-up monster you control, return that face-up monster to the hand, then you can apply one of these effects based on its original name. If it's a Blue Eyes White Dragon, special summon one monster from your hand. Otherwise, special summon one Blue Eyes monster from your hand. So is that like any monster? Just special summon anything you want? It just says special summon a monster. Interesting. Yeah. So as long, 
So as long as it doesn't say you can't special summon me on the card. Yeah, yeah that seems pretty good. Yeah, that's interesting. On a, on a searchable continuous spell too. Yeah, just just wow. Yeah, like I'd almost say this almost makes blue eyes possibly an actual threat. Uh, definitely with uh Neo with uh blue eyes alternative ultimate dragon just now being easily made. Yeah, and then with some of the other stuff that they have coming out in this Battles of Chaos set, as far as some of the Dark Magician support that kind of blends a little bit with some of the Blue Eyes support, I mean, it's definitely considering. Um, let's go ahead and jump on into the next one, the S-Force Reinforcements. Two cards coming also in Battles of Chaos. S-Force Lapswell is a Fiend Effect Light Level 6 monster with 2400 attack and 2500 defense. You can only use the first and second effect of this card's name each once per turn. 1. If this card is special summoned, you can target one S-Force monster in your graveyard except Lapswell and special summon it. 2. You can banish one S-Force card from your hand, destroy all opponent's monsters in the same columns as your S-Force monsters. Yeah, I think the S-Force is uh, kind of deal with some column placements and things yeah. like that. I, I think that's kind of par for the course. It's definitely interesting, particularly whenever you bring whenever you special summon him, he brings someone else with him. Right. Which is interesting. Uh, next one is uh, S-Force Retroactive. Warrior effect, light, level one. Zero attack and defense. You can only use the first, second, and third effect of this card's names each once per turn. <laughs> one, if a monster you control would be used as a link material for an S-Force monster... This card in your hand can also be used as material. So that's kind of that's kind of ridiculous by itself. Uh, two during the main phase, quick effect. Return this card to the hand. If you do, special summon a level two or higher S Force monster from your hand. Three, if an S Force monster you control would banish a card or cards from the hand to activate its effect, you can banish this card from your graveyard instead. Um, it just seems like an extender to help you kind of push out their effects and actually get them going. I mean, the deck did need an extender, so... Yeah, it's got one. Oh, right, that means Shiggy gets a Chronicle Magician. Oh, nice. That's actually a cool one. All right, let me just pull this up quickly. All right. I really like Chronicle Magician. I like the art. Sorry about that. Um, okay, cool. Oh, Chronicle Magician. You can only use the first and second effect of this card's name once per turn. If a monster's uh, with 2,500 original attack or defense is normal or special summoned to your field, you can special summon this card from your hand in defense position. If this card is special summoned, you can target one Dark Magician or one Blue Eyes White Dragon you control. It gains 2,500 attack or defense until the end of this turn. 25 attack and defense, sorry, until the end of this turn. Uh, that's interesting. I mean... It... Okay, I I don't know if it's necessarily great, but what I will say is, with the amount of times that that deck, that like both of those decks, the uh, the Dark Magician deck and the Blue Eyes deck, can special summon each of those cards respectively, I guess it's not bad. Um, it's really cool, in my opinion. But I think the best part about this card is that it's just, it's really cool looking. I mean, yeah, I mean, sure. all, hmm? oh, sorry. Yeah, the, the art is really cool looking for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, but like, I mean, bare minimum in Dart Magician, it's at least an extender because uh, it's level seven, just like Dart Magician. So you can. Yeah, yeah, you can use it for overlay stuff. Yeah. 
And then in blue eyes, it makes him big. Makes him <laughs> real big. Fifty five hundred. Yeah. Wow. So. Yeah. Um. Okay. Next up is exactly what everyone asked for: a new dogmatic or ritual pair. Oh boy. All right. Uh, I guess I get the. Oh gosh, white exalted of dogmatica. All right. Level four light spellcaster ritual effect monster. Five hundred attack, twenty five hundred defense. Level four. You can ritual summon this card with Dogmaticabre. Uh, you can only use the third effect of this card's name once per turn. One, if this card is ritual summoned, you can target two face-up monsters on the field. One of them gains attack equal to the others. Two, your level eight or higher Dogmatica monsters cannot be destroyed by battle. And three, if a monster is special summoned to from your opponent's extra deck, you can look at your opponent's extra deck, and if you do, send one, one monster from it to the graveyard. Ooh. So, her kanji reads as the white holy corpse of the heretical path. I don't know what that means. All I know is it sounds really cool. And uh, I don't know anything about the lore except that there's a lot to it. But I respect it. Uh, Next up, we have the relevant ritual spell, uh, Dogmaticabre. A ritual spell card can only be used to ritual summon any Dogmatica card, ritual monster. You can only activate one card with this names per turn. One, ritual summon a dogmatic or ritual monster from your hand or graveyard or graveyard, retributing monsters from your hand or uh, or field, and or banishing fusion or synchro monsters from your graveyard, whose total levels equal or exceed the level of the ritual monster you ritual summon. Then if both White Knight of Dogmatica and White Exalted of Dogmatica are on the field, you can look at either extra deck and then send a monster to it from to the graveyard. Uh, the kanji in its name reads Heretical Funeral. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> I guess these are just like adding into the lore of the Dogmatica archetype. I guess someone died. All I know is it's cool. Which I'm so I'm fine with it. Like whatever it is, I'm I'm cool with it. it yeah. I just think it's cool. So Okay, next up, uh beginning with Shiggy, because I just read the last card there, is uh the new Marincess stuff. This stuff oh. is like- Super exciting because I am a huge fan of cyber stacks and I also love Yu-Gi-Oh brains. So it all it's all coming together. It's all coming together. <laughs> but um, all right. So first we've got Marincess Spring Girl. You can only use the first and second effect of this card's name each once per turn. You can banish one Marincess monster from your graveyard. Special summon this card from your hand. If this card is sent from the is sent to the graveyard as material for a Water Link monster. You can send cards from the top of your deck to the graveyard equal to the number of Marincess monsters you control, then inflict 200 damage to your opponent for each Marincess card sent to the graveyard by this effect. Okay. Okay, it's a it's simple extender. Not bad. Um, I don't do you know anything about the Marincess archetype Shiggies? I don't. It's like the one cyber stack that I don't play. <laughs> but gotcha. it does well, and I mean extenders are really important, obviously, in in link decks, so um, I mean, it could be something. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I don't know much at all about the deck, so yeah, we're just kind of uh, we're, we're we're feeling it. Out. All right. Um, next is Marincess Sleepy Maiden. It is a water cybers effect monster. Twenty two five hundred attack, twenty five hundred defense, level five. You can only use the first and second effect of this card's name each once per turn. 
One, you can target one Marinces card you control. Special on this card from your hand, and if you do, it gains its effect. That target cannot be destroyed by your opponent's card effects while it is in the monster zone. Or while this card is in the monster zone. Two, you can banish this card from your graveyard, target one Marinces Link Monster you control, equip one Marinces Link Monster from your graveyard to that target. That seems like it could be really cool. I mean, it's just it can special summon itself for free. Yep. For basically free. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, let's see. Next up, a new Link 4 for the Marenses Aqua Argonaut. Uh, again, cool artwork, by the way. Very cool artwork. Oh, yeah. They're beautiful. Uh, Link 4, Water Cybers, uh, 2300 attack. Uh, the arrows are top, bottom, left, and right. Perfect cross pattern. Uh, materials, two or more water monsters. You can only use the second and third effect of this card's name each once per turn. One, your opponent's monsters cannot attack other monsters while this card is in the extra monster zone. Not bad. Uh, two, target one water monster you control and one card your, your opponent controls. Return them both to the hand. Also not bad. Three, when a spell or trap card or effect is activated on the field during your opponent's turn, quick effect, special summon a Marinsis monster equipped to this card. If you do, negate that effect. It's an omni-negate. <laughs> I think that this was something that the deck was missing was um I think that something that the deck was missing was like a payoff for um the extending and the link summoning. And the equipping the link monsters to other link monsters. Now they have a thing to equip them to to have a payoff in this case, just a whole bunch of um Well, it gives you one Omni Negate per turn, because that third effect is once per turn. Yeah, but still, but I mean, also, but on top of negating, it also gives you an extender. Yeah, just just having the boss monster at all is huge for the deck. Like, I, feel, oh. I mean, is that right? Yeah. What do y'all think? Yeah, sounds good. I mean, and I think an Omni negate is good in any situation for sure. So I know I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Um. Next is Marin says dive. Whose turn is it? Oh, it's it Shiggy's. Oh, okay. Uh, we've got Marincess Dive. Um, and we've got, uh, you can only activate one card with this card's name per turn. Activate one of these effects, but you cannot special summon monsters for the rest of the turn after this card resolves, except water monsters. Target oh, so basically it does nothing to against you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, target one non-Link Marincess monster in your graveyard, special summon it. If a Marincess Battle Ocean is in your field zone, special summon one Marincess monster from your deck. Interesting. Huh. Seems good. Yeah, very. Hmm. Yeah, I, have, this I, don't, I don't know the lines of the deck, so I don't know exactly how good it is, but it seems good. Yeah, for sure. Um, next is a normal trap card called Marincess Circul Circulation. Uh, if you control a Link 3 or higher Marincess monster, you can activate this card from your hand. Whoa, that's good. Uh, one, target one water Link monster you control, return it to the extra deck. And if you do, special summon one Marincess Link monster from your extra deck with the same Link rating, but a different name. But this turn, it cannot attack directly. Also, it cannot be destroyed by battle. And this is treated as a Link summon. That's actually like really good because they can like tag in and out essentially at that point. And like if uh, if they have like a link two that uses its effect for something, they can tag it out for a different link two. If their opponent like tries to negate it or something, and like they can, uh, you know, the ability to tag in and out um, lets As them needed. just yeah lets them just resolve effects if they need to. That's actually really really good. Mm -hmm. uh, next, another trap card called Marincess Bubble Ring. 
can only activate one card with this card's name per turn. One, when a monster declares an attack, negate the attack, and if you do, special summon one Marincess Crystal Heart from your deck, from your extra deck, or graveyard. Two, you can banish this card from your graveyard, then target a low, a Link 2 or higher Marincess Link monster you control. This turn, it maximum, its maximum amount of attacks per battle phase equals its Link rating, but your opponent takes no battle damage from battles involving it. Interesting. Hmm. Um, I guess, I guess that's good. Yeah, I mean, the fact that your opponent doesn't take any damage, it, it just seems more like a board wipe, but with more steps. Nothing wrong with that, I guess. Yeah, if you have a monster big enough to just run over everything your opponent's got. Yeah. Uh, we also have some reprints. Marin says Pascalis, Marin says Sea Angel, Marin says Coral Anemone, Marin says Crystal Heart, Marin says Battle Ocean, and Marin says Wave. All getting reprinted in, and this is all coming in the Mako Tsunami Duelist pack. Yeah. So, um, oh, Shiggy's, you get a good one. Yep. All right, last card for us to read, and then we're finally done reading all the new cards. Oh my goodness. Okay, so it looks like there is a new a new charmer. Yes. Dark the Dark Charmer Umbral. So it is a dark spellcaster, link, and effect monster. Um, two monsters, including a dark monster. Um, this card is always treated as a familiar possessed card. You can only use the first and second effect of this card's name each once per turn. You can target one mo dark monster in your opponent's graveyard, special summon it to a zone this card points to. If this, if this link summoned card is destroyed by battle or is destroyed by an opponent's card effect while in its own monster zone, you can add one dark monster with 1500 or less defense from your deck to your hand. So this card's amazing. Yeah, that sounds crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes, it has the exact same effect as literally all the other uh, Charmer Link monsters, but this one's based on Dark Attribute, the best attribute in the game, arguably. Yeah. Yeah. Here's an interesting uh, little, uh, just just a thought. Um, you could actually just, if you have this on the field and you're playing against Tri Brigade, you can special summon a properly summoned Shireg to your field and mm. banish one card on their field. Yup. From their graveyard. Yeah, and then have a 3,000 monster. Yup. So that's yeah. crazy. And what's really funny is you can link off, like in the Tri-Brigade Mirror match, if you link off the Shireg to make this you get a search, and then, mm -hmm. it, like I said, if you're in the mirror match, then you can steal one of their share eggs. This card's broken. <laughs> this card's amazing. <laughs> I mean, just, just, and all because it's just targeting dark monsters specifically. Yeah. Yeah. This card's crazy. Oh so. my god. All right. Woo! Well, that'll finally wrap us up for all of the new cards and products. Yep, that, my goodness. That was like... 40 what? minutes, 40, well, almost 45 minutes yeah. of cards. And, well, no, like, I mean, but I mean, that was like what, like nearly a week of, of stuff coming out and us not being able to cover it for one reason or another. Yup. And just think we don't even cover rush duels. That's not even yeah. the rush duel stuff. Yeah. And the only reason why we don't cover it is because we don't have rush duels in the U.S. yet. Right. So yet. Have you seen anything about rush duels, Shiggy's? Like, are you familiar with them? Um, I know that they're similar to like what, how Duel Links plays. Uh. And 
I've always wanted to get into it because I have a lot of friends that are like really interested in Yu-Gi-Oh! But like the idea of like teaching them master dueling and like them having to buy a deck and them having to learn is just a lot to like start off right out the gate. So I really want to like get one of those speed duel boxes and like teach them like with that. And if they're interested, they can like explore it further. But I haven't actually like taken the step to do that. Honestly, you're so correct. That That's such a good point. Like something like Rush Duels would be a great starter tool here in the CCG. For sure. Agreed. Yeah. And it's part of the reason why I'm, why I'm actually excited for the Speed Duel GX box coming out in February, I think. Yes. So excited about that. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, I think that's going to be my foray into Speed Duels. I, I think that's where I, that's going to be where I start actually like trying to play Speed Duels, especially considering the support that they've given Speed Duels over the last like few, like, like this past extravaganza had more Speed Duel support than any extravaganza previously. And they're like, they're giving like actual Swiss play to speed duels and like actual like full on prize cards mm. for like ultra rare prize cards for winning speed, the speed duel event, which is crazy to think about. So we can thank MBT for that. All right. Well, I think that it is time to finally get into our mid roll. Yes. So that's going to be a long episode. I can already tell. Yep. So we, of course, want to extend a big thank you to our sponsor, ETB Games, here in Alexandria, Louisiana. This is our locals. They sponsor the podcast. They are the ones that allow us to come in and record at the ETB Battle City Days, which you heard in our last episode. Um, They are huge supporters of us. They do a lot for us. So please, 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 if you are considering buying some stuff, uh, as far as whether it be just uh, collectibles, whether it be Yu-Gi-Oh product, Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Cardfight Vanguard, D&D, Pathfinder, uh, whatever. Digimon, figurines, Warhammer. You can find it on their website. So please consider checking them out. And again, thank you to um, ETB Games for sponsoring the podcast. All right. Um, <clears throat> let's go ahead and get into our secondary segment, which is actually finally the interview. This is the actual like important portion of the podcast. So, um, Shays, I do want to get into the interview with first a little bit about you and about yourself, your relationship to the game. Um, how did you come about playing the game and things like that? Yeah, for sure. So I have been a Yu-Gi-Oh fan since I was eight years old. I'm old. <laughs> it's been a long time. Trust uh, me, we all we all have been a fan since we were children. I get it. Yeah, for sure. I remember vividly begging my mother to buy me the $20 uh, Yugi structure deck at Target and she would like absolutely not do it. And then for Christmas one year, that's what I got. And that's pretty what that's pretty much like my segue into like the card game and collecting. Um, So I really I really loved it when I was younger. I would like run home from school and like watch all of the episodes of the anime i had like the knockoff figures they looked like wild i like loved i loved it um and i kind of fell off in like middle school and high school because i thought it was like way too cool for that and kind of came back when i um went to college because um i went to school in philadelphia and Yu-Gi-Oh is huge in philly um at my uh, college, yeah, there were like so many people that played, at least back then I went to school, um, I graduated about 10 years ago, oh, not 10 years ago, a little bit less than that, but um, it was uh, crazy, like everyone was playing it, a lot of friends played it, it was really, really fun, um, and then I kind of like, 
decided after about two years of that, that I wanted to, um, <laughs> I wanted to join a sorority and I wanted to be like one of those girls. So I completely like put drug <laughs> over it and, um, quarantine happened like, you know, however many years later and, uh, all my friends had been trying to get me back into it for a really long time. And I was like, no, I'm not playing Yu-Gi-Oh again. I'll never do it. And then a uh, quarantine happened and I had nothing else better to do. So I started playing, playing online. And, and here we are. Here we are. <laughs> so <laughs> relationship with, with the game and the anime and stuff. I would like to say that we also came back in quarantine. Okay. Word. Seems yep. like a there. Yeah. It's, it's like, I, you'd be amazed at how many people we talk to and we're like, wow, what brought you, you've been out of the game for like 10 years. What brought you back into the game? And they're like, Oh, quarantine. And we were all just like, ah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That's common sentiment. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. And like, the thing is like, I had actually, uh, going through my stuff, I found my old copy of duels of the roses and I started replaying that. And it just made me want to play the game again. And then he called and then he, uh, messaged me. He was like, Hey man, you, you should get back in Yu-Gi-Oh with me. Yeah, and so I dragged him kicking and screaming back into the game. Yep. It'd so. be like, I feel that emotionally and physically. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so you've been playing back in the game for, I'd say, a year, year and a half now-ish. Does that sound, like, close to right? That's about right. Okay. So, in that time since you've come back into the game... There hasn't really been a ton of like high level competitive play. Um, it's all it's all been like either local levels, remote duels, DB stuff like that. Um, how do you think that that's impacted your ability to get back into the game? Um. So yeah, I mean, um, back in college, um, I was definitely attending regionals. Um, you know, Philly had two regionals, one in the fall, I believe, and one in the spring. And I would go to every single one. I wasn't good. Yeah. I just, I liked the atmosphere. I liked being surrounded by other players and I liked playing. So I would go to the regionals and I would never like do better than like, you know, half and half, but you know, it was fun for me. Right. Um, coming back into the game while, you know, big events weren't happening. Um, and I don't think I ever intended to even go to them when I first started it kind of my relationship with Yu-Gi-Oh now in 2020 and into 2021 it it changed um and I did things that I didn't normally expect myself to do like I made a YouTube channel and I made a Twitch stream so I could like remote tool people as opposed to like a big event or I created my discord where I could engage with you know other Yu-Gi-Oh fans or I, I made a Twitter I mean it all started with Twitter I made one on a whim I had never had a Twitter before in my life and I was like I just want to talk to Yu-Gi-Oh people I'm so tired of not having Yu-Gi-Oh friends I mean I have some Yu-Gi-Oh friends but we were all quarantined so we weren't really seeing each other and um you know I, I made all these friends and I you know everything kind of just like escalated and I was like oh I have this Twitter what if I made a YouTube channel what if I made a Twitch stream what if I have a Discord server so I don't think that would have happened if I had kind of stuck on the competitive path or I just played it like locals or played it if I got my fix in other ways so it's kind of cool I mean I've had a lot of really cool opportunities from making content and I've got to do a lot of cool things like be on this podcast and like meet a lot of creators that I really respect and like so, um, yeah, it's been it's been pretty weird, but also it's been cool and I'm grateful for it, of course. But my relationship is definitely different than it would have been if I was going to events and stuff. I feel that. Yeah, we uh, huh. 
our time coming back. Like we we never would have made this podcast um, if we weren't like you said, just kind of like desperate to get our fix. You know? Yeah, right. for sure. So, um, I do want to lean in a little bit into um. We did mention that, uh, so you've played Yu-Gi-Oh! on a competitive level. And I'm sure that you've noticed when it comes to playing Yu-Gi-Oh! on a competitive level, you walk into that, like, say a regional. You walk into that regional level event, you walk in and there's just a ton of people, a lot going on, but like, like... There's something that you notice when you walk into that event, right? There's something you notice like about the people at the event. Which is mainly that like an overwhelming majority of the player base is male. Um so what I'm trying to the topic that I'm trying to broach into and the topic that I'm trying to uh attempt to lean into is I don't think that it's even me saying I feel this. I think it's well, statistically when you look at the player base and the representation of uh, the male to female ratio, or um, <clears throat> you know, I'm not trying to put like uh, necessary labels on the genders or anything like that. Um, but when you know, if you look at it, like for example, our listener statistics, uh, you have like a 95% male uh, listener base, right? So when I when I say this, I don't say it in like a, you know, a negative or mean way. Uh, but I do wonder how you feel uh, the underrepresentation of women in Yu-Gi-Oh affects the game. Right. So I feel like the the women are very underrepresented, underrepresented, represented within the community. And I think that this is kind of an issue that we need to work better and work towards fixing as a community. Um, because I don't think that that kind of um, that kind of split in demographic, I don't think that that happens just based off of um, the Konami's target audience when we were all kids. Um, I think that's there's something that's happened as far as the um, attitude of the player base. For sure, yeah. Like I, you know, I feel like a lot of the player base sometimes makes women feel uncomfortable, and I'm not saying that that's every player at all, and I'm not saying that all women feel uncomfortable at a Yu-Gi-Oh event, but I think that there's steps that we can take as a community to be more inclusive and to be more, um, not stupid that need to be taken, and I was wondering your thoughts and opinions on this if you'd be willing to share. Yeah, for sure. I'd be happy to. I'm actually shocked that 5% of your uh, listener base is women. I think like I looked at my YouTube analytics and it wasn't even like 1%. And I know like women watch me and like engage with my content. So it was, that's really um, interesting for sure. But um, yeah, we, yeah. It, it's, it's honestly, I'm not, I'm not, it's honestly a little bit on the surprising side for us too. Um, I don't feel, I don't, I feel comfortable sharing that information, but um, yeah, we, when we started, we were actually, until we got over like a hundred listeners per episode, we were running like sixty forty. Wow, that's really good. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm very happy with that statistic. Yeah, I was kind I was kind of disappointed is that as our numbers went up, that number started dropping. Yeah, it got very it got really skewed over time. But 
Anyway, continue. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Oh, no, no worries. I would love to make this like a conversation because I think that it is. Um, And I do have a lot of opinions, obviously, on that. And I do want to preface this by saying, um, you know, I did play Yu-Gi-Oh! 10 years ago. Um, I think my last YCS and my only YCS was in 2012. So almost a year, like 10 years. And 2013, I understand. Yeah, for sure. And so the climate in 2012 and the climate in 2022, 2021, they're vastly different. Um, You know, back then um, it was a lot. I mean, I obviously haven't been to a lot of big events, so I can't really speak to it. But just from like engaging with people online and going to my local game shop and going to locals in general, um, I have noticed that it is a lot different and it's a lot more accepting and it's not as weird that I'm like, you know, one of two women at the at the game shop. Like it doesn't feel um, which is great. I mean, I think that, you know, a lot of the very overt uncomfort that discomfort, uh, I should say, that I felt back then no longer exists. And I don't know if that's because like I'm super obnoxious online. And so like that has, you know, bled into IRL and I feel more confident at stores. But I mean, I don't necessarily think that's the case because I'm super awkward in person. (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, just like everyone else. But I think that, um, you know, I don't necessarily think it's the idea that like women don't don't like Yu-Gi-Oh or that they don't play Yu-Gi-Oh. I think that obviously there is like the stigma and there are people who still believe that. Like you'll be surprised at some of the comments I get. Like I'll get people being like, you don't actually play Yu-Gi-Oh. You just do it for clout. And I'm like, well, that's very easily disproven because I stream on Twitch. So (laughs) I'm not really sure. Right. That's kind of insane to think that people would say that. Yeah, it's like, I don't know what clout you think that we have. Um, If I wanted clout, I'd play Minecraft or something, if we're being honest. But um, (laughs) definitely. um, So we get weird people like that. But that's so few and far between, especially now that I'm like a little bit more, you know, out here and, you know, doing my own thing or whatever. So uh, but I do feel like there are a lot of people who do make women feel uncomfortable. And I'm not sure if it's necessarily that they they're intentionally doing that, or it's just a lot of like, heavily internalized misogyny that you know, people grow up with, or, you know, they hang around with people who also have these same, these same thoughts about women. And you know, inclusivity is so important, because we want to see our game grow, because when our game grows, then like, everybody benefits from that. You know, we we get releases we get bigger card shops we get more people at locals to play with more people that could be friends or whomever I mean, yeah bigger events you know more extravagant events i mean i would love to see that you know it's great for content creators you know we we can see like more diverse content creators and you know we can get better ideas get new ideas you know all that kind of fun stuff. So yeah, it's definitely, you know, inclusivity is super important. And I feel like that people don't necessarily understand that. Like, we don't want to take your game away. We just want to be a part of it. <laughs> so it's crazy to me to think that there are people that think that um, a woman playing Yu-Gi-Oh means that she's just playing for clout rather than love of the game, just like anybody else. For sure. Um, and, you know, it's, it's really disappointing to see it's like we don't spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on cardboard and hundreds of hours trying to like build decks and create content and post things i mean you know it's, it doesn't doesn't make sense logically to me but i guess it makes sense to someone cuz that's a common it's a pretty common theme with not just myself but what i see other women in the community posting about as well so um it's it's definitely a shame but um 
you know, we're just, we just want to be here and we just want to play the game and we're all passionate and we're all, you know, just love it. We just like have a good, that's what we all have in common. We have a good time doing it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that definitely there's a lot of like internalized misogyny necessarily, not necessarily like, oh, women don't play Yu-Gi-Oh! Cause like, yeah, there are people who believe that, but that's pretty easily disproven considering there's like a lot of women who do maybe, you know, not as many as men, but you know, we're here and we, we enjoy it for sure. Yeah. But um, I feel like a lot of, and I don't like, I want to preface this by saying like, I don't speak for every woman, obviously. Um, I speak for like myself and my experiences and what I've seen on Twitter and online and just talking to people and what their experiences are, but mostly to my own experiences. And right. you know, I feel like, um, I actually made notes because I'm like wild like that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't like being chaotic as I normally am. But um, uh, I, I, I see. I that's one of the reasons I want to talk to you is because like that, that level of preparation, that level of commitment and that level of, you know, planning is um, more than we do most of the time. <laughs> that's so, funny. But... It's like like handwritten notes like it's so dumb but okay anyway as kind of like getting back onto this very serious topic <laughs> i feel like something um you know that is not necessarily specific to Yu-Gi-Oh, but into a lot of male dominated spaces because i've seen it i've been in a lot of male dominated spaces um just like throughout my career throughout um just where i'm at in my life and i feel like oftentimes there are these preconceived notions on how a woman needs to behave and if you don't meet these preconceived notions then it's just like game over for you and it becomes really like <laughs> frustrating and also like very i mean i'm very insecure about a lot of it too and you know it is like a hindrance to my mental health and like my comfort in the game and sometimes i don't even want to play anymore and this is just speaking to myself but um you know i feel like oftentimes like women need to prove ourselves and i think that's not necessarily gendered i think Yu-Gi-Oh players like there is this idea that like you need to be the best to prove that you like deserve to be there but i feel like people are really harsh on women like specifically um and it's like you have to prove that you know what you're talking about to be accepted like if you're not like the best of the best then don't even bother or you're just doing it for clout or you're just like you know doing it for the attention which we hear all the time which is really frustrating um so you need to like prove it like oh if you're not like topping your locals then like why are you even here you're just doing it because you want to be in the space and i promise you like most not if not all women are definitely not doing it <laughs> to I like just, impress I, to say, <laughs> I saw on twitter i think it was either today or yesterday that i saw it um there was somebody that mentioned that um, the head-to-head -head battles channel with uh, Susu and Jen Jen, um, yeah. they had they had left a comment on one of their videos, and it was a whole thread of comments actually, um, saying that uh, Jen Jen does not actually play the game, and that uh, you know that he's just putting her there for clickbait, and he's using her yada yada. And I was just like, wow, the idea that somebody could so wholeheartedly believe that a woman is not only not playing Yu-Gi-Oh, but that she would let her boyfriend user as clickbait you know um yeah for sure and i did see that as well and um i was really so upsetting um that someone had thought that way because it really invalidates her passion for the game and you know what she brings to the channel you know not necessarily just being a woman that's not all she brings to the channel she brings her personality and who she is 
And that's a huge issue we see as well. A lot of women are very objectified. Um, and I know no one wants to hear that and nobody wants to have that conversation. And I totally understand. But at the same time, it's like we need to have it because when you objectify women, you're pretty much stripping them of like everything that makes them a person. And it's just like, I mean, I don't know. We just like want to play a card game. Like we're not here for really any other purpose. Like we just want to play Yu-Gi-Oh and have fun and make friends. But when you're, you know, seen in a certain way or you're seen as like, you know, the, the clickbait or whatever, it's like you're invalidating everything that she brings to the channel and everything that we bring to the community and all of our unique personalities and who we are as people. And it's kind of lame. I don't know. And that could be really like a detriment to people's mental health. I mean, I'm not speaking for Jen Jen, of course not. But like, for me, you know, when that's happened to me, it, you know, it, it definitely took a hit to my mental health. And I'm like, oh, like, do people even like me? Am I even funny? Am I even clever? Do I even belong here? Like, are people just seeing me as this, like, whatever, this girl who, like, exists? I don't know. So, yeah, it's definitely... I'd like to say, personally, this is why we wanted to have you on, is so that we could have this, like, real conversation, right? Because I don't think that... Um, I don't think that it does anybody any good to go into this subject without being willing to have a real conversation. I think it's disingenuous for somebody to ignore uh, this, uh, what is, in my opinion, a real issue within the game, right? Yeah, um, sure. Underrepresentation of not just women, but everybody, right? Um, anybody that would be a minority in the game, um, whether that be women whether that be um the lgbtq community um whoever it is within our within this community um it does not benefit anybody to be a dick right yeah for we are experiencing technical difficulties please stand by okay everybody sorry about the technical difficulties but we were in the middle of a great conversation until our bot gave up on us about um, women's inclusion in Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, and what we can do as uh, members of the community to, you know, be normal. You know, what, what can we do as members of the Yu-Gi-Oh! community to make everybody feel welcome, to make everybody feel uh, fully included, fully at ease? Um, so, Shiggy's, you were on a great uh spiel i will let you take it away yeah for sure um so you know it's interesting i do get this com this com like a uh, question a lot and a lot of people ask like we want to be better we want to do better. we want to be more inclusive and um, great because i um helpful tips on how you can be more inclusive hmm. so um definitely consider supporting female creators um and i'm not just saying like don't just follow female creators because they're women like there are so many unique female creators. There are creators that do like collecting videos. There are people who do like anime themed content. They do TCG themed content. There's so many to choose from, but like pick a few and like try to like engage with their stuff. Um, I think that supporting female creators and lifting them up, especially small ones is like such a great way to, you know, kind of foster that you know, inclusion, because, you know, women see themselves in a lot of these female creators, which is so awesome. Like, I know that there are so many that I look up to personally as well. And when you see them kind of living and thriving and succeeding, then like other women see that too. And they're like, yes, let's go. Let's go to locals. If, if she can go to locals, if she can top that massive tournament, then I can sure. do that too. And so 
of like that, you know, I love to see that the girl power and the, you know, that's like super cliche and dumb. I'm so sorry, but <laughs> it's like, you know, support, we love women supporting women and other people supporting women and, you know, raise them up, but don't just do it. Cause like you think they're cute or don't just do it because like, you know, you just want to like support a woman because I told you to like, I'm sure like I'm 99% sure you're going to find someone who you think is, is awesome. And um, yeah, there are so many on Twitter on um twitter on twitch on youtube anywhere um you can find us where we're around most important thing about Um, that don't do it in a creepy way just be normal oh treat 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 people the way you would want to be treated just you know normal (laughs) yeah please do not like follow people just because you think they're cute (laughs) we'd love to see because like there's like once again going back to the objectification you know argument it's like there's so much there's so much more to women um, as people as creators than than just how they look or just how you're perceiving them as like a possible girlfriend or however like there's so much more to us I promise and like it, it's definitely gonna benefit you if you like kind of get out of that mindset and like I don't know just like listen to what we have to say that would be super awesome um, another huge thing and this is not necessarily only exclusive to being online. But like when you see like sexism or misogyny or even anything, anything like racism, if you see homophobia, anything, just call it out. And I know that that's super, super hard. Like I totally understand. Like if all of your friends are being a certain way, it's so difficult and it has it takes a lot of courage to stand up for what's right and stand up for other people. But like it is so helpful when you come to bat for other people, Um, especially if you have a large platform or if you have a lot of influence. Um, you know, and you don't have to be a jerk about it. You don't have to go on like a 20 page tweet rampage. Like I, did. <laughs> you can literally, Hey man, like, that's not cool. Or like, Hey, we don't really think that way here. Or, you know, like, Hey, like that's kind of like racist or that's kind of misogynistic. Like we don't talk like that. You know what I mean? And it's just, it, it helps so much. Like, I don't know if people realize it. And like every single time someone does that for me, I totally like I I remember it forever. I really do. And just like coming to bat and like amplifying female voices or any minority voices when when they're speaking about about these things is really important. And we really, really appreciate it. Well, I mean, I don't want to speak for everybody, but like I really appreciate it personally. And um, it helps. It does. Um, It validates me and it validates, you know, what I think and like my experiences. But it also just makes me feel like I'm a part of a community that actually cares about me. So definitely call it out at your local at your local game shop, at, online, you know, at a regional, at a YCS. Like if you see it and someone needs help, then like you gotta pull a Yugi Moto and like be the pro tag. For sure. <laughs> um help out because it, it it's really, in my opinion, kind of a case of um kind of in the same vein as uh if you were sitting there and you were in that uh, that person's shoes where you had somebody coming at you for something that you didn't do anything wrong, it's not your fault. You didn't. They're coming at you because of, you know, could you imagine somebody coming at you for the color of your skin or for your gender or for your the way you are? Um, and if you can take that, imagine that and apply it and just resonate with somebody else um put yourself in somebody else's shoes understand what them and what they're going through um i I try to say all the time if 
people would just take 10 seconds to put themselves in somebody else's shoes, um, I think the world would be at a better place because then people would not only <clears throat> treat others better, but maybe they come to the defense of somebody else, right? Like you said. Um, t- just taking a moment to understand another person's perspective uh, is so important. So if you can just take 10 seconds to understand another person's perspective and understand another person's life and understand what they're going through, maybe that can help you be a better person by helping them. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that's definitely super important as well. Um, yeah. And I think the last thing, and this is also super important, but, and it's kind of piggybacking off of my first, my first tip, but platforming female creators or any minority creators is so important. So, you know, you want to work with them and, you know, like, this is great. Like you're having me on to speak about my experiences as opposed to speaking about them yourself from your perspective. So like, that's really cool. Or, you know, like sharing their work, like just, you know, share on Twitter, share on wherever. That's super important. And it it helps literally so much. Um, and we're all super appreciative. And I'm I'm not just saying, well, I don't want to speak for everyone. I'm super appreciative. I have to stop doing that, speaking for everyone. But um, yeah, definitely sharing, sharing work and, you know, and not just don't just follow people because they're women and because I said so, as I said before, but definitely, you know, if, if you find someone whose content you really resonate with, or you think is really cool, then I mean, you know, it doesn't hurt, for sure. And um, it's definitely really helpful. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's my best ways to, uh, <laughs> to kind of maybe be more inclusive and also just like, you know, see women as people. I think that's really important as well. Just, we're just people and we just like a card game. We're not trying, we're not like out to like get you. We're not like plotting to ruin Yu-Gi-Oh! I promise you that's not my plan. We're just here. We want to vibe. I, we like, we like the game. We like the anime. We're all nerds. We like the same thing. So, you know. Not not really super difficult concept, but I guess for some people it is. But I'm so yeah. so glad that um, we could come here today and have this conversation. Um, I think sure. that unfortunately, it's a conversation that really needs to be had. Um, I think it's kind of a shame that we have to have this conversation, but because I, I just think that like you know people should just treat people, you know, like people, uh, and we shouldn't be this big of a deal, but. I'm glad that we are capable of coming together, um, really listening to each other, talking to talking about it. Um, like I've said, I, I think that long term growth of the game, um, the inclusion of everybody within the Yu-Gi-Oh community and making everybody feel at home and everybody feel welcome in the community will be the largest point of growth of the game moving forward. Oh, yeah, no, because more people playing the game means more people at tournaments, which means better price support. Right, which is kind of reiterating something that you actually already said earlier, Shiggies. But um, I do think that that's the area where the game needs to and will grow the most over the coming years. I think if you project forward... Um, I think that the community has made large strides, especially over the last, at least since I've come back to the community, I've noticed, because we left in 2014 and we came back last year, and I've noticed the community is an enormous amount more welcoming to women and LGBTQ and whoever else they need to be welcoming to. The community is far more welcoming than they were, say, 10 years ago. 
And that speaks, yeah, one hundred absolutely. And that speaks volumes to where we're going. And I think we need to stay on that path. And part of being on that path and being inclusive is having conversations like these, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, for sure. And it's not always the easiest thing to talk about. Like nobody wants me to go on my Twitter account and ramble about whatever dumb sexist person I've encountered that day. And it's not fun and it's not funny or interesting. And it's not nearly as, you know, cool as like my card collection or my memes. But I think it's really important to talk about these things, you know, obviously because, you know, we want people to be aware that they're happening. Um, A lot of people just like aren't aware because they don't experience it. And sometimes it's even hard for them to grasp. And I understand that, you know, if you don't experience it, it's difficult to like put yourself in your, the other person's shoes as you were saying before but you know it's it's important and um you know it also shows that like other women and other minorities like we're, they're not alone like it's we all experience these well you know like, i want to speak for everyone but a lot of people do experience these things from what i've seen online and on twitter from other people who talk about it and it makes me feel like when i see other people tweeting about this stuff that i'm not alone and like not everybody hates me and it's not like <laughs> you know that kind of thing so yeah, it's it's a difficult conversation to have and it's not fun and it's not pretty, but it's really important. And I'm I'm glad that I can come on here and give at least my point of view and my and talk about my experiences. And I'm hoping that, you know, moving forward there will be less bad ones and more awesome ones because that's like, you know, why I'm here. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's definitely better than it was ten years ago. But I still think we have a lot of work to do. And um yeah, I, I think a lot of people are willing to put that work in and it's definitely changing and it's definitely possible um, and worth it for sure. That's awesome. And, you know, I, I've said it a couple of times now, I, I really could not be more thankful that you were willing to come on and chat with us today. You you are a much, much, much larger voice in the community than we are. So um, to have you be willing to come come way down here, a couple of rungs down the ladder to our level is very <laughs> Very, we're very thankful. So, well, but that way, I think we're all just out here playing a card game. I mean, I'm grateful that you even, you know, decided to ask me to be on the podcast. I'm, I'm always happy to talk about Yu Gi Oh, and um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just a person. So, and I'm, I'm really, really grateful that I even have any voice at all ever. So, like, it's just, it's cool to be out here, and um, I hope your your viewers don't think I'm like super weird. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm we not only did we think to bring you on, we I we literally struggled for a way to invite you on because we were too nervous to ask you for about a month. Oh my! Yeah, no. I'm super. I'm like the most weird. Like, okay, so I'm like really bad at answering DMs. I'm really sorry to anyone who's like in my DMs right now because like I literally will see something and then I'll get distracted and look at something else. I literally promise it's not personal. I'm just stupid. So like, um, yeah, no, I'm like super friendly. I'm just really bad at answering messages because my life is extremely chaotic and messy. Uh, I feel that on a <laughs> spiritual level. Yeah, no cool one. Yeah. So, well, um, so we've talked a lot about other topics that aren't Yu-Gi-Oh, but I do want to take a minute. What are you playing? What are you, what, what are you uh, sporting right now? What's, what deck are you playing? Oh my god, so I am playing Adagnister. I'm super excited about it. Um, all of the reprints made the deck, like, dirt cheap. And, like, I'm a huge Vrains fan. So I had to, like, I saw them when they were, like, really expensive. And I'm like, they're going to be reprinted. Don't buy them. But now I'm, like, I pretty much have everything I need. So I'm really excited to start playing them. Um, I also am trying um, Tri-Brigades. I, I'm not a huge, like, 
meta person i understand the appeal of it but like i prefer playing decks of my favorite anime characters because i'm literally that person and so i like i like ignister because i love like Yu-Gi-Oh brains and I have Code Talker because I love Yusuku Fujiki from Yu-Gi-Oh! Reigns. And I have Hero, which might be good um, soon. So, like, that's cool. Um, but, yeah, just, like, super chill, casual, chaotic decks that I I've have taken, fun with. So, I've taken very heavily to Edison format because I can play Diva Heroes and have, like, a very competitive hero deck. I love that, honestly. Is that, like, because that's, like, old school heroes, right? 2010, so, like, yeah. Oh, so 2010. Yeah. Is that like Neo? Is it what? Is it like Neo Salius and like Honest? Uh, like Honest? Is that not maybe? No, not no, no you're good. The Neos Alias Just... era was like closer to 2011, 2012, because that's when yeah. Bubble Beat was a thing where you would special summon, you would like set four back row and then like special summon a Bubble Man. Or like you would like set four back row, normal summon a Neos Alias, special summon a Bubble Man. And then you could overlay them into a, a level four rank four. So it became like a rank four toolbox deck, as well as you would also run like uh, Beast King of Barbaros and Crusader of Endymion with like Gemini Sparks. So you're running a Gemini package as well as a skill drain package. So you can like normal summon a 3000 monster or things like that. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I like totally wrong in 2011 i played omni heroes because as the manga the gx manga was being released we got all of the omni heroes and super poly was a thing and super poly was like super broken back then so i did really well at like 2012 ycs because it was mostly insector tour guide decks and i was literally just super polying all of their stuff and they couldn't respond and it was hilarious because i had the dark hero and i was just like making dark heroes and they were like oh that's like all of my resources and it's like yeah so that's how i was just like winning it that was, was crazy. um that was big at the time was like you said 2012 that's like you said the wind up insector dino rabbit format that was when we actually started getting competitive yeah. in the game and that's when i built joji orlando's um ycs the 100th ycs in long beach he played skill drain hero beat and it brought him to top four at that ycs he's actually from the philly area if i'm not mistaken i've never i like never was that high a level um but that sounds so based honestly i love heroes um and i'm really excited about the new one um for sure so i'm hoping that like brings them up a few tiers because like right now they're just like yeah. not it um yeah i can actually send you a link to that deck profile he's he's That'd do you know so cool. uh, why geo history is he's a lot he's around a lot on twitter and youtube i actually okay, don't so yeah he's he's got a channel called Yu-Gi-Oh history where he like i said he okay. talks he does deck profiles for all of the different decks of the different eras that were like good so he did like frog ftk he's done decks for edison format he's done decks for i think he did the wind up deck the dino rabbit deck from that era uh he has like 10 ycs tops around that era so that's yeah crazy. that sounds yeah awesome. he, he was he's like one of my all-time favorite players um so and he just Good. recently started the youtube channel where he does all the old school uh deck profiles so but that sounds yeah, really it's very cool but um okay yeah well i'm gonna get with you at some point to do some to get some matches in because i would like to get my adagnister matchup on point so uh, that would be super cool i'm really bad with them right now <laughs> 
Um, Nibiru is disgusting, but I have cross out designators oh. now. So I'm like hoping <laughs> I only have two, but I mean, that's enough. So I'm hoping it like helps with the Nibiru problem because it's a problem. Like it'll just completely shut me down. I need to like figure out how to not make that happen. So what I've started doing is, um, we'll I actually, I got my play set of cross outs also, and I'm running them in my tri brigade deck. So much excite. <laughs> well, yeah, I only have two enough so it's fine well we're gonna go ahead and wrap things up so do you have any plugs that you want to do in closing yeah can i like plug my friends um in you know enjoying some other female creators i know that i talked about um you know some supporting other women and i think you should totally do that um, I have a bunch of friends that are super cool and good at Yu-Gi-Oh! and Yu-Gi-Oh! content. And this isn't all of them, so I'm so sorry if I missed you. I have, like, so no, that's, that's You're good. Go for it. But some cool people you should follow are Heart Moonfly. She's an incredible collector. Her collection is insane. She has a lot of, like, Starlight Rare cards, and she posts them on Instagram mostly, but she also has a Twitter. Um, there's also Itomari. She's a Yu-Gi-Oh! streamer, um, and she is super nice. She's also an incredible artist. Um, my friend Hoju Cause, Cl- who is a Yu-Gi-Oh! Vrains cosplayer, and her wigs are insane. Um, she posts a lot on Twitter and also Instagram, and I think she does some TikTok stuff. Um, of course, I probably don't need to shout her out, but Fifth Rate Duelist, Zara, amazing. She's incredible at Yu-Gi-Oh! And she's really, really hard on herself, but she's so amazing at the game. And she has um, some, like, local, like, store tops and stuff. And she topped, like, a big tournament the other, whatever, whatever, a few uh, months ago. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, uh, there's also, oh, gosh, Annie the Evie. She's a streamer. She was actually just in the extravaganza out in Europe. She's awesome. She's super nice. Um, Digitama Queen is also really cool. She does, like, a lot of TCG just in general, but she's really cool. And she does um, Yu-Gi-Oh! openings, and she plays crazy good Digimon. So if you're into Digimon, definitely check her out. And Tracy Cakes is also a Digimon Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, streamer combined, but she's also really cool. Yeah, and that's just, like, off the top of my head. There's, like, a million more, and I'm definitely forgetting people, but, like, it's so easy to find us, like, I don't know, but definitely check them out and give them a follow if any of that sounded interesting. I mean, something had to have, so please support my friends and support other women in the community. That would be super based of you. And you can follow me if you want, but, like, I don't know, follow my friends. That's That would be awesome. All right. <laughs> Well, thank you again so much for being on. We will get with you after the recording. We're going to make sure that there are links to uh, social profiles or whatever they would prefer for everybody that you just mentioned in the description below. It's going to be like a big, big, just a big pile of links down there at the bottom. But they're all going to be there. We promise. Um, I would agree. So we also want to thank all of our patrons again so much for coming, you know, for supporting the podcast. Again, you literally pay for our podcast to be posted uh thank you so much to everybody in our discord uh we do want to plug one last time again last chance everybody um saturday october 16th at 12 o'clock central standard time we will be having a remote dual tournament in our discord server it is free to enter it is to celebrate our 50th episode this is episode 49 next tuesday's episode is episode 50 of the podcast it has flown by and we are already looking forward to getting to the hundredth so um thank you everybody so much for supporting the podcast through all of these episodes through all this time uh our 
server's almost at like a hundred people in it at this point. I mean, it's it's growing exponentially, and we really have the you, the listeners, to thank. Please follow us on Twitter at Top Cut Podcast. It would mean the world to us. Please follow our sister account, our sister YouTube account, Team Dark Arm Dealings. As always, a link to them will be in the description below. Um, and of course, support our sponsor, ETB Games in Alexandria, Louisiana. We had people from the server and from our listener base that showed up last week at the shop. They, I mean, people were showing up from the server to come play in the Battle City Monthly, which was just crazy to think about. So thank you all so much for the support. So much fun. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, everyone. In the big excitement of the interview and everything going on with the podcast, we once again forgot to review the podcast question of the day. It's still a rather new segment to us, so we wanted to be sure to include it, though. So... Last episode's podcast question of the day was, how do you prepare for a tournament, big or small? Do you play test with friends, ritual, big meal before? What do you do to set yourself up for success? We had some great replies. Some from Twitter uh, say that for case tournaments and 3v3s, they test nonstop for a week every night at the shop. Try to eat a healthy meal right before the tournament to avoid upset stomach issues, being sluggish. Great, great tip. Uh, here's one that says it depends on type for locals show up and pick a random deck and if it's a bigger tournament then practice combo lines and try not to stress too much absolutely uh late nights theory crafting and testing with friends uh playing on simulators to make sure that all the moves are legal seems like a lot of play play testing with friends uh of course it makes sense play testing with friends playing at locals all of these things are as always for sure some of the best things to do um here's one that says as far as rituals i always buy a pack or two of gum to chew throughout the rounds it keeps me focused and does a lot to settle any nerves i would have that's so awesome uh i know that personally for me i always am sure to i've got a wristband that i wear it's like my lucky wristband for tournaments and uh generally when i wear it i do a lot better so i definitely understand that here's something that says uh how to how I get ready for an event other than locals is to play test at locals. I have a group of friends who are much more competitive than I am and have a lot more free time. So I bounce ideas off of them and I'm currently getting ready for a 3v3 in November with a buddy of mine who's taking a break from the game to play Digimon has but has agreed to be one of my teammates and we built a virtual world and we spent almost 5 hours play testing. That's so awesome. Like I said, to have that friend group that you play test with and to be able to do these 3v3 tournaments, it really does make a huge difference. And especially, I know for me anyway, um, having a, a group of people that I know are better than me to play test with, to bounce ideas off of, and to talk to, it really is very helpful because a lot of times those are the players that you can look at and say, hey, I know these guys are good. I want these guys to be my inspiration. I, you know, iron sharpens iron. So it really is a great method. Uh, here's one that says play test. It never hurts to know your deck more. And that's so, so true. Um, I think another thing that's being reiterated here is to make sure that you eat healthy and eat a good meal. Uh, it's always really important to be healthy and be ready to go for the tournament. You don't want to eat a bunch of Taco Bell and then be going to the bathroom for the whole tournament. So be sure to eat healthy. And I think that'll pretty much do it for that podcast question of the day. And that brings us to today's podcast question of the day, which is, what is your favorite tech card or combo that you have not seen played by others? 
Do you have a certain card or thing or something that or interaction that you think should be exploited more but isn't? What is the goo in your opinion? So please be sure to answer this question over on Twitter. It will be posted probably a couple of hours after the podcast drops. Give everybody a chance to listen. And it will also be posted in our Discord server in the podcast question of the day channel. And you can always reply there. And we try to read the answers off on the episode. We also got one more review. We have a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. Love the podcast. Great job, guys, from Miss Raff. I absolutely love the podcast. I stumbled onto it when I was just looking for something to listen to during my shift at work because I had recently gotten into Yu-Gi-Oh! after my manager had convinced me to start playing. Sonny and Caleb do an amazing job breaking everything down every episode and making the newbies feel welcome. Now, after like two months of listening, I really feel like I'm getting really good at the game. I'm even showing my manager, who has been playing a long time, new stuff he had no idea about. Just wanted to say thank you guys, and I have been a lurker on the Discord for a while, which you should also check out. Great job, guys. Keep it up. Ah, again, I thank you so much. Um, we're up to like 11 five-star ratings now. We've got a bunch of really positive reviews, and we always love to hear all feedback, positive or negative. But, you know, if you're going to leave the review, we do prefer positive. If, you're, if you have some negative review, please, though, hit us up in the Discord. Let us know. We're always looking and striving to improve the podcast. But thank you all so, so much for listening to today's episode. Again, be sure to check out our Discord server. Tomorrow we will be hosting a a uh, tournament in a server celebrating our 50th episode extravaganza. Thank you all again so much for listening. Have a wonderful day. So thank you all so much for being here. Thank you all for listening. And please, we will see you back here on Tuesday for the next episode. Have a good day, everybody. Take care, everybody. Later, Gators. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.